This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. a job to judge I mean judgment is a condemnation there's two types of judgment you get people say oh don't judge me the Bible says don't judge no Jesus said make a righteous judgment but the judgment Jesus says don't do is the judgment unto condemnation say that person sinned God's going to judge you well you got one finger pointing at that person but you got three pointing right back at you because you yourself are not right in other words he said take the speck or take the telephone pole out of your eye before you start judging others unto condemnation of what they're doing. Are you judging others with the spirit of condemnation? In today's message from Pastor Eddie, he shares with you the difference between discernment and righteous judgment versus a judgment that is filled with condemnation. It's the goodness of the Lord that brings others to repentance. Pastor Eddie explains that you don't bring others to Jesus by making them feel bad about their sin. You bring others to Jesus by sharing his light and love. Well, Let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Titus chapter 3 as he continues his message, Right Living. at all times to do as all the work that, that you know that the Bible tells us we ought to do. And this is exactly what Paul wrote back in chapter 2, Titus chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. He said, in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing integrity, reverent, incorruptibility, sound speech. The fact that you and I were created, you and I, we were created to do good works, to good, do good works. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, for we are his workmanship, Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're called to do good works, not works unto salvation, but we work because we're saved. It's evidence that you are a follower of Christ. We have four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four Gospels that recorded the life of Christ, his words, and everything he did. He had compassion for people. He had compassion for people. And any chance he got, he was able to minister to people. Even when he was hungry, when he was without a place to sleep, he cared about people. He came here for people. But he was always ready to do the Father's will, and that was to do his will. And that was to serve. And, and we too are to be a, a reflection of who Jesus is. We look at the ministry of Jesus Christ. We are to be a reflection of that and how he ministered to people. We're created to do works. As a matter of fact, the key verse uh, we find, it, it, has, it deals with good works. Uh, verses 8 and verse, verse 14, drop down to verse 8. It says, for this is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. Drop down to verse 14. And let our people also learn to maintain good works. 
to meet urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. Good works brings about fruit. It brings fruit. It ministers to people. People are ministered. They say, you know, there has to be a Jesus because when I needed help and, and this person from this church who loves Jesus came and, and he just came at the right time. It's fruitful. James, now, James, uh, he, he's, you got to read the book of James. I always think of James and say, wow, you got, still got the wounds for James. Um, but Martin Luther did not really uh, accept the book of James because of what he was saying. He, he was one who nailed a 95 thesis on the wall, you know, and he realized that the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. But he misunderstood James when he said this. Yeah, I'll give you the verse, James chapter 2, verse 18. James write this, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. James says, show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith with works. Everything you do is evidence that you have faith in Jesus Christ. The work that you do to minister to people, to minister to people outside, helping your neighbor, seeing those that are in need and meeting those needs, shows that you have faith in a Savior, Jesus Christ. It should be evidence that you and I are believers in Christ, that we have faith in Christ and a follower of Christ. You know, someone, and I know this has been around for a long time, I don't know who the person was, but they gave an acronym, you know, for uh, Bible, B-I-B-L-E, basic instruction before living, leaving earth. And I think that's great because basic, basic instruction, do good works, love your neighbor, love your enemies, be like Christ so that the people outside the church can see, hey, there's something powerful going on in the church. There is a Jesus. And not so much the church building, but the people, the good works. The Bible gives us the works. As a matter of fact, the word, it's all about equipping enough to do the good works. Look what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. Paul writes to Timothy, he says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's what we're called to do. We're to do good works. Verse 2, Paul goes on to say, now speak evil of no one. Speak evil of no one. There isn't a person that you should be speaking evil about. No one. Not unbelievers. Not family. Not in-laws. Co-workers. Neighbors. Church leaders. The word, the, the, in the Greek, to, to speak evil is from the, the Greek word blasphemo. Blasphemy. Or to slander. It speaks against someone, it's speaking against someone with the purpose of harming his or her reputation. You know, we use these, we use our mouths, our tongues, as James said, to worship God and to pray. It shouldn't be used to slander anybody or to speak evil of anyone. It doesn't matter, save or not save. Again, if we go back, even take it further, go back to verse one, when we're to submit to all who rule all the rulers and authorities in government, we shouldn't be speaking evil of them either. We shouldn't be speaking evil of no one. 
Christians should be known that they speak evil of no one. They always have something good to say. You know, not just candy court exaggerating, you know, just trying to lie to people, but say the truth. If you speak about Jesus, you don't have to worry about saying the truth. <laughs> just quote scripture. And so the reality is this. When we speak or blaspheme, trying to ruin someone else's reputation, the reality is that you will ruin your own reputation. People are going to know, like, oh, this person is always talking negative about somebody. You know those people. But, you know, you have those that speak negative of others, but then there are those who entertain it. I may not speak negative of anyone, but I like listening to it. You're enabling them. You're part of it. You shouldn't just, you know, in, in, in a loving rebuke, just say, you shouldn't be speaking evil about anybody. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to speak the gospel. Speak evil of no one. Be peaceable. You know, to be friendly, peaceable to those outside the church. Remember, he's talking about those outside the church. This is how we do good works. Speak evil of no one. The rulers or anybody who's out there in the world, your neighbors, speak evil, be peaceable. Romans chapter 12, verse 18, Paul writes this. He said, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Now, with this, Paul could have wrote this. He could have wrote like this. If it's possible, live peaceably with all men. But the fact that he include, inserted as much as depends on you, that's making the effort. That's making the effort that even if there is an issue between you and someone else, that you're willing to forgive even without them asking to forgive them. I've heard people say, well, I'm not going to forgive because they never asked for forgiveness. Where does it say that in the Bible? We're to just forgive without them asking for forgiveness. We're to do whatever we can. Just be patient, long-suffering, merciful. The same thing that God is towards us. He's merciful towards us. He's long-suffering towards us, right? He's patient. In the same way, we're to be long-suffering, merciful, patient with others. As much as depends on you. Be peaceable. Be at peace with all people. And then he goes on to say, be gentle, meaning merciful, tolerant, fair, forbearing. As Christ was towards us when we were sinners, we are to be the same with those outside the church, whether they're saved or unsaved. If they're unsaved, we're to be the same way as Christ was to us. He goes on at the end of verse 2, he says, showing all humility to all men. That's all humility to all men, to all people. And this, this humility, um, as a matter of fact, Jesus displayed this. As a matter of fact, out of all the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's only one passage in all the four Gospels where Christ reveals his heart. Only one. One passage in all the four Gospels where God, Christ opens up his heart. He reveals his heart. And that's found in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Lowly is also the word a humble, humility. I am gentle, lowly in heart. In the same way, he said, come to me. You know, come to Christ. We came to Christ. He revealed his heart to us. In the same way, we're to be with others. You know, it should break a heart that they don't know the Lord. If someone came to you and said, hey, listen, I... I um, definitely, you, you meet someone in their deathbed, the person is just dying. There's no hope. 
is going to die in a matter of seconds. You would feel bad for them, wouldn't you? If you don't see me after church, I'll pray for you. But in the same way, people who don't know the Lord, do you know that they don't have salvation? They don't have eternal life? End up As soon as you might just meet them once, that's the only time they're going to meet a Christian. And before you know, you, you walk away, they walk away, and they die. And now eternal damnation. That should break your heart that people do not know Jesus. That's what broke Jesus' heart. That people don't know Jesus. But to be humble. Humble. And so why? Why is Paul telling us? Why is the word of God telling us uh, to be ready for every good work? Speak evil of no one. Be peaceable, gentle, showing humility to all men, even elected officials, everyone, saved, unsaved. The answer is in verses 3 to 7. As a matter of fact, I encourage you later on, look at verses 3 to 7. You see the whole salvation message there. You see the words mercy, grace, kindness, salvation, regeneration, eternal life. It's all in that passage, verses 3 to 7. And I encourage you that if you have a devotional time in, in the Lord, take this passage and read it. It's good to know where you are in the Lord. and It's good to know where, when you read uh, the, the passage, you see these words just come out. And when you do pray, you know, pray to the Lord. Read it verse by verse. Read it passage, word for word. It says, Lord, I'm reading this, you know. I'm reading your kindness about your kindness and love. Lord, can you minister to me? I, I see it clear. It's there. But I want to hear it from you. In verse 3, he goes on to say, For we ourselves, now he's coming to us, we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. That's how we were. Every single one of us, that's how we were uh, before Christ, your BC days, before you met the Lord, before you were born again and got saved. This is how you were. Let's read it again. You want to know how you were? How you, you and I were? Yeah, we were foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. That's how we were. And so when we come across someone who don't know Jesus, we can't be too critical, can we? Because it's not, it is not a job to judge. I mean, judgment is a condemnation. There's two types of judgment. You get people say, oh, don't judge me. The Bible says don't judge. No, Jesus said make a righteous judgment. But the judgment Jesus says don't do is the judgment unto condemnation. Say that person sinned, God's going to judge you. Well, you got one finger pointing at that person, but you got three pointing right back at you. Because you yourself are not right. In other words, he said take the speck or take the telephone pole out of your eye before you start judging others unto condemnation of what they're doing. But we're to make righteous judgment. How will we know, you know, false teachers? Jesus said you shall know them by their fruits. So it's a righteous judgment. But we shouldn't judge unto condemnation those who are sinning because they don't know Jesus. They don't know the Lord. I, I, have, it, I have it, you know, just on my wall, a picture of Billy Graham. You heard me say it all the time. You know, it is the Holy Spirit job to convict it is jobs, God's job to judge. It is my job to love. We don't bring conviction. We don't, we're not going to be the Holy Spirit. Try to bring conviction on someone. No, preach the word. Let the word itself bring conviction. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let the Holy Spirit himself bring conviction. That's how the Holy Spirit brought you to the cross. It was through conviction. And if they reject the Holy Spirit, they reject Christ, then 
Let God judge. My job is to love. That's it. I'm not God. I'm not the Holy Spirit to bring conviction. And I'm not the one to judge. But we're to share. And that's why we need to be careful because we were once there. It should break our heart. We were there. As a matter of fact, we look at this list and it said we ourselves were once foolish. You know, we see that. And, you know, but the fact is, it, it, the Bible tells us it's actually worse than that. Because before you got saved, you were enemies of God. That's what the Bible says. We were enemies of God. Romans chapter 5, verse 10. So for if when we were enemies, <laughs> we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. And you were once alienated, enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. We were enemies with God. That makes it worse. That makes it worse. So we were all these things, and you, and you find out that um, the word foolish, the word foolish is uh, is the word uh, comes from the Greek word mora. We get the word moron. It's all foolish. We were foolish, and we're going to see that again. And we can't expect the world. See, Christ did not come to condemn the world. It's already condemned, but He came. That they may be saved, right? John three seventeen. He did not come to condemn the world; that the world through him might be saved. And and sometimes you know, Christians things we have to do. God, if Christ didn't condemn the world, who are we? Who are we? And we need to be careful not to, uh, you know, take the place of God. It's my job to love. And it, but all you know is expected of us to live godly. Not the world. They don't know Jesus. Verse 4, it says, But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, towards man appeared. This is what leads us to the cross. The kindness and love of Jesus Christ. The kindness and love that appeared to men, even when I was a sinner, when I was foolish in my sins. It says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, But God demonstrated his own love toward us, and that we were still sinners. Christ died for us. We were still see. Christ came and he, He's looking at all those who do not believe in Him that are living in sin has rejected. He still looks. He has eyes of love. Eyes of love. He was nailed to the cross, knowing that He was dying for the sins of the world, and it was nothing but the eyes of love in His eyes because He loved. He did not say a word, but He knew that this the work of the cross would bring us one and bring people one to be with one with Him and the Father. But while we were still sinners, he still loved us. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior towards man, appeared, verse 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. God saved us not because of anything good we've done or any righteousness, but because of his loving kindness and his mercy. We have been saved when we accepted Christ. We've been saved, washed. Our sins have been washed away. We're given a new birth, a new life through the Holy Spirit. It's not anything we've done. Nothing you can do to get you saved except, except Jesus Christ. Except Jesus Christ, Lord, and person. Salvation is a gift. 
Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. It says this, but by, the, but by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works. We're talking about works unto salvation, lest anyone should boast. We don't work. for It's been done on the cross already. But we, the result of us being saved and have this in our hearts, Christ in our hearts, we do the good works. As a reflection of who Christ is. Verse 5, not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing and regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Verse 6, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Verse 7, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The immediate result, result of regeneration, having been justified by grace, is that we now do the works of God. We do good works. Because no one, absolutely no one, no man can stand righteous before God without Christ. No one can stand righteous. Why? Because Romans chapter 3 verse 10 it says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no not one. No one is righteous. Isaiah 64, verse 6, it says, the, Isaiah writes this, but we are all like an unclean thing, and all our righteousness, you want to know your righteousness? And all our righteousness are like filthy rags. Our righteousness, the best that you can do, is filthy rags. The best you can do. But praise God, we put on His righteousness, right? We are righteous. Because of Christ. We're righteous positionally because of who Christ is. We put on his righteousness. That doesn't mean we're perfect or sinless. But because of Christ. No one can stand righteous before God unless they have been justified through Christ. You know, we use that theological term, justification by faith. You know, we've been justified by faith. Just as Abraham, we're studying Genesis in the book. We're studying Abraham. Abraham, it says, the Lord said, he believed in God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. It's an accounting term, counted to him as righteousness, because he believed. Now, believe is great. Yeah, we say, oh, I believe in God. There are people, they believe, it's, if you define their belief, they acknowledge there is a God. But, you know, I love what James says. You believe in God? Great! That's good. Even the demons believe. What's the difference between your belief and the demons? Right? And we know there's not a demon who's an atheist. We all know there's a God. The point is, you believe, but it should be a reflection in your life, living a godly life, doing the good works, living, having a right living. We're so glad you decided to join us here today on Running the Race. Pastor Eddie is making his way through the book of Titus in this series. In Titus chapter 3, Paul holds up a mirror to show us who we were and are in reality. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us 
not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Isn't it extraordinary all that God has done to turn your life around? Running the Race is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. And here's Jessica with an invitation just for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Thanks, Jessica. Head over right now and start exploring all the resources available to you. And we'll see you here next time for more on Running the Race. Running the Race.